Target has everything for last-minute Easter fun. Get decor delivered to your door with same-day delivery. Or grab basket building and brunching faves with free drive-up. Easter. Easy as Target. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. I'm live. What's up, y'all? Y'all know it's your girl Ash. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Interrupted. I hope everyone has had a great week. Today is Thursday. We are one day away from the weekend. So y'all already know how it goes down on Black Girl Interrupted. As you can see, tonight I am wearing pressed. Oh, baby, because. This has definitely been a pressing week. And then I'm also for tonight's topic. The reason I put pressed on tonight is because tonight's topic, I am talking about sexual abuse tonight. And April is sexual abuse month, sexual assault month. So, of course, the green is the color of the month. So, I had to put it on. And y'all already know where I get my colors from, y'all. Y'all better go get that colors by Keish, babe. Y'all better catch up with your girl. Y'all already know where I'm at. So before we even get started, hey, Brandon, good to see you tonight, sugar. So y'all already know before I even jump into any topics, I need to know how everybody's doing. I'm doing y'all know I do my mental health check-in every episode. So y'all tap in with your girl. Let your girl know how y'all feeling tonight. How's everybody doing? Um so let me start off by saying I am doing very, very, very well. Um, yesterday, I got my father's certificate and my father served in the Army. So I got his certificate in today. I went and picked up his flag today. So salute to my dad for his service and I hope he continues to rest in peace. Um, but other than that, hey, Kim, what's good, sis? Good to see you. Good to see you. Girl, you already know what I'm rocking tonight, girl. You know I got my colors. My colors by Keish, baby. I'm wearing press tonight. Like I say, tonight we're talking about sexual abuse. That's what we, that is tonight's topic. And to let everybody know, it doesn't just happen to women. Men too. Men are victims too. Unfortunately, those are conversations that people don't want to discuss. But guess what? We got to have that conversation. We have to open the door. We have to stop living in the past and start living in the present and living for the future because trying to keep everything in the house and, and not telling anybody what you have going on is really being, you know, really detrimental to the black community. Yes, girl. Yes, Kim. <laughs> girl, you know I stay, you know these lips stay popping, girl. Hmm. Boom. Mm, so yeah, I'm rocking press tonight. I've rocked it before, but I had to specifically put it on for tonight, like I said, because tonight topic we are talking about sexual abuse. 
and shattering the silence on sexual abuse. Again, y'all, drop in the comments. Let me know how y'all feeling today. I'm Like I said, I'm going to continue doing my mental health check-ins because it's absolutely needed. You know, you never know. Hey, cousin. Hey, girl. Hey, good to see you. Oh, shout out to my cousin, Brenda. I love you, baby. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank y'all for tuning in with me week in and week out. Y'all know I come on here and, and we have to have these for real live conversations. So like I say, tonight's topic is about sexual abuse, shattering the silence. <sighs> so again, y'all keep dropping in the comments. I'm still doing my mental health check-in. I want to know how everybody's doing. I want to know how everybody's week is going. What are your plans for the weekend? What are y'all doing? You know, let your girl know. Holla at me. But it's good to see everybody. Yes, big. I love you too, honey. And I miss you. And I cannot wait to see you. I cannot wait to bring my children to come and see you. Oh, we're going to have so much fun when I hit Cali again, okay? Oh, we're going to have a ball, honey. We are going to have a ball, ball, ball. So, yeah. So, like I was saying, so... Again, before we jump into our topic for tonight, y'all know I just got to flash this picture one more time. I, I got to show this picture one more time. Let, let, me, let me remove this banner out the way because I think this is the best picture I've seen on the internet since sliced bread, y'all. Derek Chauvin, again, y'all, was found guilty on all three charges against the murder of George Floyd. So... I'm going to clap it up. I'm going to clap it up. You know, y'all drop in the comments. Let me know how y'all felt about the verdict. You know, like I say, I had to show this picture one more time. You know what? This picture will forever be classic. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that. Well, I be damned. Did they really find me guilty on all three charges? That's that face. So I'm loving, 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 loving. But again, I do want to stress to y'all. We cannot get overly excited because we still have three more police officers that have to go on trial. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe their trial is August the 22nd, I believe. So, but I know it's, it's, it's coming up. Um, so around the time that Derek Chauvin will be sentenced, we'll be preparing for trial for the other three uh, co-conspirators that contributed to the death of our guy, George Floyd. So I do want to give a moment of silence to George Floyd. Um, definitely send a, an abundance of love and prayers to his family. Um, we love you, George. You know, we got one down. We got three more to go. Three more to go. So I pray um, that justice is served for the Floyd family. And like Gianna said, her daddy was going to change the world. And he did. So, all right, Brandon. So you say you're pretty good. You've been exhausted lady. lately. You need the weekend to get here already. I know, right? Come on here Friday. We need, come on Friday. We need to get here. Like, we need Friday here like yesterday. <laughs> Kim, girl. I'm telling you. So, but like I say. I want to know. Y'all drop in the comments. Let me know. How much time do you really think Derek Chauvin is going to get? Do you think 
he's going to get the max? Or do you think he's going to do 12 and a half years? I know the prosecution is pushing for the max on all three charges. So let me know. What do y'all think? Let me know. What do y'all think? Brandon, babe, when I tell you, sugar, I, 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 y'all let me put this picture back up one more time. One more time. That picture is classic. That picture is absolutely classic. That's that, well, I be there. No, they didn't find me guilty. That's that picture. And this was the best one of all. Lock his ass up. Walk his ass onto the jail. Now they're saying he's on suicide watch. Hmm. Bet, you, bet you're not rocking that smug look on your face now. Hmm. Bubba say he waiting on you to get into GP, Mr. Chauvin. He waiting on you. Hmm. Hmm. I hope you never rest another day in your life. I promise you. So, Kim, you say a slap on the wrist, you know how the system is? Yeah. And then, you know, they're trying to push the fact of what Maxine Waters had to say. So, we'll see. We got eight weeks to wait for sentencing. That's what? We're in April, May, so June for sentencing. But, like I say, I got my fingers double-crossed on that. So I'm praying, 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 praying that justice will be served. I, but, you know, those other three officers, y'all better be prepared because those same witnesses that they had for Derek Chauvin's trial, they're going to have those same witnesses for those three officers' trials. So, hmm, hmm. Nancy Grace said they all going to be locked up. I'm with you, Nancy. But yes, y'all keep dropping in the comments. Let me know how y'all are feeling. Let me know how y'all are doing. Like I say, I love you guys. I appreciate the continuous support that I get day in, day week in, and week out. You know, like I say, Tuesday, I we was gonna talk about substance abuse, but when that verdict came down and we got the, those three guilties, I had to come on. We had to talk about it. We had to talk about it. You're right, sis. You yeah. I mean. You know, the, the judicial system, no, it was not created to protect us, but it was created to hold us back. I can absolutely vouch for that because what I don't understand is you have so many people that pay their debt to society, but yet society still throws it in their face. So also, I do want to say RIP to Micaiah Bryant. Again, y'all say her name. That was a young lady that was killed moments before the verdict. Uh, came in for Derek Chauvin. She was a 15, I'm sorry, 16-year-old young lady um, that was killed in Columbus, Ohio by the police. She, um, we don't know all the details. So continue to pray for her family. Um, and, you know, like I, I've been seeing things on Facebook where people are like, you know, if she were white, it would have been different. I agree. So, but we're not talking about that tonight. That's not tonight's topic. Y'all already know I'm going to come back for another show in regards to that. Because I want to know what y'all see. I'm going to try to get, get my really close friend. He's a police officer. I'm going to see if I can get him to come on the show and give his, you know, his two cents on the Micaiah Bryant 
murder. So you're right, Brandon. He should get the max. But as Kimberly said, you know how the justice system works. Absolutely. And Kim, girl, you know your sister. Come through and I'll be right on time with that. I'll be right on topic with that. So y'all keep letting, like I said, I'm doing my mental health check-in. I want to know how everybody's doing. Like I said, tonight's topic, Um, we are absolutely... Oh, yes. Brandy, you want, you want me to put the picture back up one more time? I got you, baby. Don't worry about it. Let, look, let me go ahead. Let me put it back up there. There you go. That's the one. He said, well, I'll be damned. That's that I'll be damned look. No, they didn't just find me, you know, not guilty. I mean, did they just find me guilty? You know, that's 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 what that's what he's looking at right now. That's that. Damn. They really found me guilty. They done found a motherfucker guilty. I didn't kill that man. I promise you. But you did, Mr. Chauvin. You sat on this man's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. You did with this smug look on your face like nothing happened. You know, that's what you did. You sat there with your hands in your pockets with no regards as these people sat on the side Hold up, wait, let me go back to his co-conspirators, too. Let me show how far. So, y'all sat on this man's neck. Derek Chauvin, you sat on his neck for 9 minutes and 29 seconds. The two in the middle, you sat on his back. And then the one at the end, you stood, watch, and did nothing. You saw these people that told you, you know, get off of it. He can't breathe. Mr. Chauvin is telling you. Get off of him. Get off of him. I can't breathe. That's what he's telling you. But you, you sat there on his neck with no regards for human life. Absolutely. Girl, come on to the YouTube, girl. Yeah, he shook. Brandon. That's that. Let me go back to that picture. I just have to show it one more time because that, that's the class. That's that I'll be damned. Well, I'll be damned. Did they really just find me guilty? Really? Are you serious? This got to be a mistake. That's how they felt. And then he knew in this moment, shit was real. I wonder what that police, I wonder what that deputy, that Put the handcuffs on him. They had to walk him down to take his mug shot. I wonder what he was thinking. I could just imagine what the conversation was. Was it you're going to get an appeal? You can appeal and you're going to get this overturned? Or was it that's good for your stupid ass? Is that the conversation? I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to see what that conversation was about. I, I, I mean, to hear that conversation. Y'all, I just have to show this picture one more time. Y'all know. Patty, Patty, Patty. Patty LaBelle is in the building. Y'all know I got to show this picture one more time. There you go. That's the way I be damned. That's it. And I, and, and I know you can hear a pin drop in the courtroom because even the court reporter behind it, when they said guilty the second, he had to turn around and look, y'all. He... He turned around. He he was the court reporter was like, what? So if y'all don't mind, 
before, like I say, before we even jump into our conversation, can I roll the video of the verdict? Y'all drop in the comments. Let me know. Can, can I roll the video of the verdict one more time? I, I, that's all I want to do. I just want to roll the verdict one more time. That's all I want to do. And then we jumping into tonight's conversation. I, 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 right. Right. I know, cousin. He was like, I'd be there. What the heck? Right? So do y'all mind if, if I roll the verdict one more time? Okay, let, let, let me, let's, let, let's play the verdict. And then we're going to jump into tonight's conversation. That I, I just, that, you know. So before we do that, Brandon says, people need to realize if the other officers would have gotten Chauvin off of Mr. Floyd's neck, he would still be alive today. Clear as day, cut and dry, they should be found guilty. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, but now these police officers now know what they're up against because those same witnesses that testified in the Derek Chauvin trial will be coming back to testify at their trial. So they're going to be found guilty. Of course, it's going to be new jurors, but you have these same witnesses that are coming back. So like I said, before we jump into tonight's conversation, let me just roll this verdict one more time. Because it is classic. Y'all bear with your girl. Hold up. Here it comes. All right, for the jury. Be seated. Members of the jury, I understand you have a verdict. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count three, second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Jury four person, 019. 
Members of the jury, I'm now going to ask you individually if these are your true and correct verdicts. Please respond yes or no. Juror number two, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number nine, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 19, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 27, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 44, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 52, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 55, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 79, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 85, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 89, is this your, are these your true and correct yes. verdicts? Yes. Juror number 91, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 92, are these your true and correct verdicts? This is called polling the yes. jury. Are these your verdicts? So say you one, so say you all. Yes. 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 Members of the jury, I find that uh, the verdicts as read reflect the will of the jury and will be filed accordingly. I have to thank you on behalf of the people of the state of Minnesota for not only jury service, but heavy duty jury service. What I'm going to ask you to do now is to follow the deputy back into your usual room and I will join you in a few minutes to answer questions and to advise you further. So, all rise for the jury. All right, be seated. With the guilty verdicts returned, we're gonna have uh, Blakely, you may file a uh, written argument as to Blakely factors within one week. The court will issue findings on the Blakely factors, the factual findings, one week after that. We'll order a PSI immediately returnable in four weeks. And we will also have a briefing on, after you get the PSI, six weeks from now and then eight weeks from now we will have sentencing we'll get you the exact dates uh in a scheduling order is there a motion on behalf of the state Your Honor, the state would move to have the court uh, revoke the defendant's bail and remand him into custody uh, pending sentencing bail is revoked bond is discharged and the defendant is remanded to the custody of the hennepin county sheriff anything further all right thank you Adjourned. So there you have it. Derek Chauvin found guilty on all three charges, second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. He is now being taken off to the Hennepin County Jail. Sentencing will take place in eight weeks, about two months from now. And it was a noticeable difference from uh, Derek Chauvin's very stoic, non-emotional response to that verdict to the response from the crowd outside. Let's head outside now and check in with Charmaine Nero on the reaction of that crowd as word spread, Derek Chauvin guilty on all three counts. Charmaine. It was in that moment when that bond was revoked that he knew it got real. He knew it did. I'm telling you, Brandon, when that bond got revoked, when they put them handcuffs on him, 
Bye, Mr. Chauvin. Bye-bye. Have a good life, sir. So anyway, I had to touch on that. I had to open the episode with that because that was a very pivotal moment um, for the world. You know, the world was on standby. Uh, we were waiting. We were all on pins and needles um, in regards to the verdict. Um, I knew when it came down that they had announced the verdict. I knew then. It wasn't even 24 hours. I knew I knew it was guilty. I knew it was. I absolutely knew it was. Right, Brandon? Derek Chauvin, guilty on all three counts. Unintentional murder. Morning, noon, and bite. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Choose from a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, and hash browns. For lunch, enjoy a McDouble, McChicken, six-piece chicken McNuggets, and more. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. Second degree, uh, third degree murder and manslaughter. So now we just wait on sentencing. So y'all, whoo, tonight is going to be thick. Tonight we, it's, it's going to be a little heavy tonight. So tonight we're talking about sexual abuse. Shattering the silence. This is a conversation that is absolutely much needed. This is These are things that happen in the black community that we don't talk about. We don't talk about this. Again, as I stated before, this is sexual assault awareness month. So to all the survivors, I love y'all. But y'all already know. Time to talk about it. It's time to shatter the myth. It's time to remove the stigma. And let y'all know. It's real, y'all. And so tonight as we journey into this conversation, uh, I did ask my sister to come on. I don't know if she's tuned in watching, but I did ask my sister to come on and, and share her story. Um, respectfully, she did decline. Um, and I understand. Um, so to my sister, thank you for that conversation, Tate. It was much needed. And I love you. And I pray our relationship gets better. Since we both have, we were both, both hurting for the same reasons. But I pray this makes us stronger and makes us closer. Because, girl, you all I got. You all I got, sis. So, as we jump into tonight's conversation, let me go ahead and start off with this video. 
I was sexually abused when I was about eight by an older male cousin. I've been sexually assaulted on four different occasions. I was six years old the first time that I was molested. A neighbor named Hank took me into his house. And at first it was hugging, and then his hands traveled. And when I tried to push him away, he beat me. And then he raped me. And I was haunted by the fact that this happened in a little girl's bedroom. For a long time, I blamed myself. I was just angry because I'd go to school and nobody in school knew what was going on. When I tried to tell my mom, she kicked me out of the house and laughed at me and told me I would never deserve anything better. It became something that lasted until I was 17 years old. I remember after it happened and after he left, sitting on a bed for a while, torn up and saying, I am never going to tell another living person about this. I went and got my friends and I drove them home. Thank you for reading that, Katrina. Thanks. Now, if you had the chance, how would you respond to this person's story? I just feel like, or just like, hug her. <laughs> um, and just let, you know, let her know it's not her fault. You were a little girl. It's not your fault, honey. You actually have the chance to meet that person because they're here today. This is James Metters. This is Mark Godoy Jr. This is Isaac Andrade. This is Walter Castaneda. This is Glenn Hall. He served in the Army for 30 years, retiring as Command Sergeant Major. And what you just read is his story. My name is Glenn. What you just read was his story. Oh my God. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Doing good. Thank you for reading my story. I know the statistic is one in six. I'll go into a room and I'll count six men. I'm like, there's somebody else in here. Yeah. And they're probably dealing with it the same way I've dealt with it, which is not talking about it. To share the same experience, um, I was young and I was in college. I was sexually abused. You know, we don't talk about these things, but it happens, you know? I grew up in a Latino household where my- I know what that's like. <laughs> my dad telling me, no llores, cabrón. No eres vieja, you're not a, a girl, don't cry. And on the other side, you're getting abused and you don't know what to say. I joined the army to die. I was abused from the time I was born till I was 17. Masculinity made me put away what I was feeling and not really deeply feel what had happened to me and recognize and acknowledge what happened to me. Getting suspended in the fourth grade, getting in a fight, getting expelled from one high school, it's all part of the abuse and it's all part of me and my child, my inner child acting out and starving for attention. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I rose in the rank of the military, they like tough guys, but inside I was dying. Still makes me emotional. <sighs> that what happened to me wasn't because of who I am. It was something that was done to me. Um, it's not me. I know a lot of males are too afraid to speak up, but I'm real open because I want to inspire 
the male yeah. survivors. That not just males with disabilities, but also males without disabilities. Yeah. I identify myself as a black gay survivor. I had a lot of fear, and I just posted a link on Facebook saying, this is my story, if you want to read it, you can read it. And the response I got after that was uh, nothing but kind. Every time I share my story, um, especially as a man, I, I always hear back, hey, can I talk to you? Yeah, what's up? This happened to me too. This happened to me too. This happened to me too. I'm not doing it just for myself. It's for many others whose voices not been heard before. It's really hard not to cry. <laughs> um, I'm really glad you've done the work and I know that you changed somebody's life. So that's all I can say without crying. <laughs> you can survive it, you can get through it. I think you're just so strong. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know it, but you're, you're very strong. Thank you. It just makes you remember and realize that everybody has a story. Let's talk about it. Sexual abuse, how could you violate me? Let me collectively get my thoughts together on this. I always come with these heavy, heavy, heavy conversations. These thick conversations that absolutely have to be had. You know, sexual, you know, growing up in, in a black household, it wasn't common to talk about these, you know, specific things. We weren't to talk about the uncle molesting the, the niece or the father molesting the child or the brother molesting the sister or the mother molesting the daughter. We were taught to keep that in our household. We were taught that whatever goes on in this house it stays in this house. So sexual abuse happens far too often. And you have these these women and men, because it's not just women, it's men that are molested too, that are abused as children, uh, that don't that don't talk about it, they don't discuss it, and we have to shatter the, we have to break the silence on that. You know, anybody that's that's tuning in. If you're a sexual abuse survivor, DM me. I want to talk to you. I want to love on you a little bit. I want you to know that it wasn't your fault. You know, like I say, I asked my sister to come join me on the show. She felt comfortable enough with sharing um, her story. And of course, again, she respectfully declined. And, and like I say, I understand, you know, those are things that you want to really just kind of 
you know, you don't want to talk about it. You really don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, so I, I'll, I'll share a little bit of the conversation um, between me and my sister. So me and my sister, we have different fathers. And um, my sister was about eight years old when my father started touching on her. Um, and for years, you know, I, I carried her pain. Not knowing that we were both hurting for the same reasons. Um, today was the first day that we had that conversation. And no, I'm not crying for tears of sadness, actually tears of happiness, because this was a much needed conversation between me and my sister. Um, you know, my sister is now 50. Uh, and she looks good. <laughs> That's my baby. I love her. You know, despite anything that me and her have been through, you know, I always am supposed to be her protector. Um, so, when, so continuing on in the conversation, so she said there were reasons, you know, she never hated me. She never blamed me for what my father did to her. Um, but I always felt like she did, you know, looking at me, I was, I was a constant reminder, but she said that was not the case. It was more so, um, that was, was her pain to care, basically is what she said. Um, and I told her, you know, I, I really felt on the fence, you know, because here I have my dad on one side and my sister on the other. I, it was almost like I had to choose, you know, I, I didn't believe what my sister was saying in regards to it. But, you know, I was young, you know, my, my father was not active in my life. So it was like, you know, I had my father manipulating me on one side and, you know, so it was a lot. But um, I'll just say I'm, I'm very glad me and my sister had that conversation again. It, it, it's just too emotional for me to get back into when I really am not trying to be snotting those on his shoulder. <laughs> Even though y'all know I do. So Kim says, um, it's swept under the rug or if you come out, who's going to believe you? And that's, you know, that's what my sister said you know that when she was asked about it she she denied it. she said no no it's not true um because you know she said my father told her if she told anybody who was gonna believe her and that happens just way too often you know in households you know stop telling these victims not to talk about it it is Y'all know, like I say, I get too deep and too heavy and too wrapped up in these conversations. But like I say, y'all, this is absolutely a topic we have to talk about. So let me collectively get my thoughts together to continue on with the show. So sexual abuse. How could you violate me? How could you do this to me? How could someone that I love, trust, that's supposed to protect me, someone that's supposed to 
Look out for me. How could you violate me? How could you do this to me? And then you wonder why these victims wait 20, 30 years to discuss it because they were conditioned that you don't talk about it. Whatever goes on in this house, it stays in this house. Because we were so hyped up on portraying the way the family is supposed to be. You know, we're supposed to be this perfect family. Mama does nothing wrong. Daddy does nothing wrong. But behind closed doors, daddy beating on mama or daddy's molesting his daughter or the brother's molesting the sister or the sister's molesting the brother, the mama's molesting the daughter. It's a cycle. And, and we're taught not to talk about it. We're taught to hold this in. You don't say anything. So then this trauma, these suitcases that you that victims are, are, are forced to carry goes on into their adulthood. And then their behavior becomes very reckless. You know, when victims aren't able to share their story, they turn to drugs to cope. You know, whether it's whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether they attempt suicide, they do anything to try to cope. So we gotta we gotta we gotta break that. We, we gotta break the silence. We we absolutely have to. I, I cannot stress that enough. When it comes to sexual abuse, we have to shatter the silence. We have to create safe platforms and safe environments for these victims to share their story. And then you mothers and you fathers, yeah, I'm talking to the moms and the dads. If your child comes to you and tells you that someone's touching on them. Believe them when they tell you that. You know, it's more so us women. You know, right now I'm going to step on some toes with this. We as women, you know, because we have our own issues we're dealing with. We don't want to be alone. So when our children come and tell us that Mr. X or Mr. Y has, has touched me or he's done something to me, start believing your children. Start listening to your children. Start paying attention to their behavior. You know, that, that goes into this one. Recognizing the signs of sexual abuse. Start paying attention when your child, your once happy, active, go-lucky child becomes withdrawn. But we as parents, we're so wrapped up. I'm sorry, y'all. But we as parents, we're so wrapped up in our own lives that we forget about our children. We don't pay attention to them. We don't look out for them. Because we so busy trying to live our best lives. Our best lives. Let me say that. But you forget about your children. So drop in the comments, y'all. Let me know. Right, sis? And we have to stop accepting hurt people hurt people. No, hurt people have to heal. Right. But the only way for them to heal is we have to create safe environments for these victims to be able to talk. We have to. So back to what I was saying about you mothers. You need to be mindful with who you bring around your children. Fathers too. I'm not just going to address the moms, but I'm going to address the fathers too. Be mindful with who you bring around your children. You allow anybody around your children, you leave your babies with anybody, and you don't know these people. And, and before you know it, your child is, is, is being fumbled on. 
being touched. Your child is being coerced into performing sexual acts on, on, on adults. So again, so y'all drop in the comments. Y'all let me know, what are some of the signs of sexual abuse? You know, I can name a few. You have your once happy-go-lucky child that all of a sudden becomes withdrawn. Or they feel some kind of way when they're in the same room or in the same vicinity as the abuser. Pay attention to that, mom. Pay attention to that, dad. Pay attention to that when your child goes to school and, and tells you, I don't feel comfortable with being around coach so-and-so. Because it's not just sexual abuse in the home, but it's happening in the schools. It's happening in the churches. It's happening at the jobs. So we need to start paying attention. So let me pull up some information. So in regards to signs of sexual abuse, let me get this up here for y'all. Y'all know normally I have all my information together, but I was just a little over, over excited about, you know, replaying that Derek Chauvin trial, y'all. I, I just was, was just, you know, I was just so, so excited. So some of the signs. All right. Whew. So recognizing the signs of sexual abuse. One is they become aggressive or they seem angry for no apparent reason. Has headaches or stomach aches for which there doesn't seem to be a physical cause. The one I just mentioned. Um, they become angry, upset when a particular person or place is mentioned. Like I say, pay attention when your children say, oh, I don't want to go to so-and-so's house. I don't want to be at, at the school or I don't want to play football anymore. I don't want to play basketball. Start paying attention. I don't want to go over to my cousin's house or, you know, I don't want to go over there. You know, Kim says she started acting out. And that's typically what happens, you know. Uh, another warning sign, they're confused. They become confused about their sexual identity. In regards to recognizing the signs of sexual abuse. They cry for no reason. Um, another one, like I said, they started, um, some say they start dressing differently. You may have your one child that was would wear tank tops, but now all of a sudden they, they want to wear long sleeve shirts now. So we need to start paying attention and we need to start recognizing the signs of sexual abuse. Again, pay attention to your children. Pay attention to what your child tells you. You know, you have these victims that come 10, 20, 30 years later and are now able to talk about it because the, maybe the person that abused them has now passed away. You know, it's, it's a lot when it comes to that. So, whew. so again, what are some of the other signs, you know, recognizing uh, sexual abuse? Y'all drop in the comments and y'all let me know. Let me know. So, or also let me know if you or someone you know that's been sexually abused. Because, again, as I stated before, this is sexual assault month. And I got to post this.
Let me let me remove this banner. We're gonna we gotta talk about the sexual abuse and the molestation, the open secret. It's a sexual abuse is an issue the black community is reluctant to deal with. And that comes from Sylvia Coleman, who is the founder of Black Sexual Abuse Survivors. It's a national online support system. So I will flash that across the screen again. If anybody, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with, with talking about it, but I'm going to put this up again. It's time we talk about it. It's time we shatter the silence on this. So again, when it comes to sexual assault, sexual abuse, again, y'all drop in the comments and let me know how do you recognize the signs of sexual abuse. It's so common in the black household, you know, you had the fathers that molested the daughters, the grandparents that molested the grandchildren. You had the pastors that molested the little boys. So tonight I want to do something a little different. Women, I don't want you to feel like you guys are not victims too. But I want to talk to my black men. My black men are the forgotten survivors of sexual abuse. Let's talk about it. Drop in the comments, y'all. Why are black men the forgotten survivors of sexual abuse? You know, I, I've, I've talked to some black men that are survivors of sexual abuse. Who really struggle with their sexuality. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. They really struggled. They didn't know if they were gay. They didn't know if they were straight. Because they had been abused. And they weren't abused by women. They were abused by other men. Go to the black man. You're not forgotten, babe. I promise you. Y'all know I come in and I salute y'all and I recognize y'all at all times. Black men go through the same struggle as we black women. So again, let's talk about it. Black men. The forgotten survivors of sexual abuse. Why? Why is it just always the women. Why do we never have these conversations about the black men that are survivors of sexual abuse? Again, we, we don't have these topics because we're embarrassed. We're ashamed. And we don't want people to look at us differently. That's, that's you know, So Brandon says they're targeted and taken advantage of because of their skin color. Right. Kim says most don't speak out because they don't want to be looked at as gay. A lot of them don't speak out, sis, 
because it's too detrimental to the family. Again, our families, they, they want to hold everything in the house. Don't tell nobody what, what goes on in this house and stays in this house. That's been the model since the hands of time when it comes to things in the household. Like I say, a couple of the men that I've sat and I've had conversations with have told me they struggled with their sexuality for years. And they were violated by people that they trusted. I won't mention names, but a gentleman that I'm Facebook friends with told me he was molested from the time he was five all the way to the age of 15. He said this particular person was someone he trusted. Someone he adored, somebody he looked up to. His basketball coach. His basketball coach molested him for 10 years. And he said, you know, he struggled. You know, he said, you know, when they would dress out in the locker room, uh, he would go hide. You know, he didn't want to dress out in front of anybody. He didn't want anybody to see him because he felt dirty. He felt ashamed. And then he started to go through that. You know, he, he would tell his mom, you know, but again, mom was working two jobs. So mom really, you know, couldn't pay attention. Until he attempted suicide. And then mom was like, what? You know. Mom took notice. And started to pay attention. So to your black men. I love you. I love you. I promise I do. I love you more than anything. Y'all know I do. So I pulled up a story of a young man who, well, he's not a young man. He's a grown man now that um, shared his story. And in regards to when he spoke out about being sexually abused. So let me get on over here to the video. Full tight here, I promise. Before I was raped, like, my family was very loving and very supportive. But it was like after the split of my parents and, um, like, a few other situations, like, I just saw how, like, when my aunt, like, I'm glad that happened after the fact, but um, she never looked for me. Never. And somehow um, she hated me for that situation. She did. And I um, confronted my cousin later on in life and his older siblings, uh, his sister and brother, raped almost, I have nine brothers and five sisters, and only one, two of them did not get sexually assaulted or raped by them. Two. That's the youngest brother because we were very protective of him. And the one sister who's brash and she has a big mouth and she's been that way since she came out. So, and she always, she has that survivor's guilt. And she'll say to us sometimes like, why, why didn't they harm me? Like, why, why did they skip over me? 
And we always tell it because you don't hold water. Like you're loud. Like you don't, no one can do anything to you because you're always screaming and like, like, you know, heralding like your life experience to everyone who passes. So you couldn't, they couldn't do it to you because you would have been saying things in the moment. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting. But my aunt, like, because I was the one who talked about it um, and confronted them, just my aunt, even up until her death, she hated me. So you already have these situations that are harmful, but then you make me feel like I'm not worth anything. And my father and my mother weren't married. And I remember her saying to me, like, you know, bastards were burned in hell. I didn't know what the hell that meant. And so then I was like, oh, that's an old term that people use for children born out of wet. Like, all these archaic terms about life. And although her kids were. (laughs) But, um... It just made me feel less than human. And I, when I was younger, I didn't get that. That's what I said. Like, it wasn't until, I think when, after I was raped at nine, it, it, like, it catapulted me into an adult world. And it, it was like, all of a sudden, I was a magnet, and things would, like, land on me, but I didn't know what they meant. But later in my life, I understood their meaning. So that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, as I jump into the next question, well, the next topic, that's one of the barriers that prevents sexual abuse from being reported in a black household. It's when you tell somebody, now you're singled out, you're lying, I don't like you, I hate you. But in that moment, he had to confront his abuser. Enough is enough. Like I say, we, we have to stop holding all of this in and we have to be able to talk about these things. Again, you this these traumas, they they go into your adulthood. You carry these suitcases with you throughout life. It, it's, it's almost like You, you you go to victim blaming. You blame the victim because I've heard people say, well, if you didn't dress like that, maybe he wouldn't look at you that way. Stop walking around here in, in these little booty shorts and, and and Tony wouldn't look at you this way or, or whatever. But I feel like it doesn't matter what you wear. If you wear booty shorts or if you wear turtlenecks, that still gives you no right to violate me. I don't care if I dress like an Amish person. That still gives you no right to come and violate me. Again, another barrier that prevents sexual abuse from being reported in a black household, fear. You know, sometimes mom is afraid to leave the situation. You know, maybe mom is not financially stable to leave 
the situation to prevent her child from being abused. These are just barriers. I don't agree with them, but it's facts, though. You know, we don't tell because we don't want to tarnish this, this quote-unquote image that we have portrayed of our family. We want to look like this clean-cut, happy-go-lucky family when in actuality, you got the grandfather sleeping with the daughter. That's what it is. But what can we do going forward to break these barriers that prevent sexual abuse from being reported in the black household? Drop in the comments. Y'all let me know what y'all think. What are some of the things that we could do to prevent these barriers? This is exactly where, where Black Girl Interrupted comes in. If you ever want to come on the show, if you ever want to share your story, y'all know this is a safe platform. Y'all know no judgment, no bullying, no none of that. Y'all already know. And then we can work through your pain and your issues together. I no longer want any victims to feel alone, that they have to go through all of this alone. And I just I just gave y'all another barrier. That's another barrier that prevents things because people feel like they're going to be alone. Nobody's going to believe them. And 95% of the time, that's what it is. No one believes a person when they come and say, I, I'm being sexually abused by a cousin or I'm being sexually abused by a father. I'm being sexually abused by my mother. No one believes that because they say, oh, no, he would never do that. Oh, no, she would never do that. When actuality, yeah, they're really doing that. We got to knock these barriers down. I can't help but, but to go back and, and, and say um, that I don't care if they tell you, if you tell somebody I'm going to kill you, tell somebody. I absolutely want y'all to tell somebody. I tell my children all the time, anybody touches you, I want to know because I'm going to knock your fucking block off. Excuse my language, y'all. But I am. You know, Kim says, I always tell my little cousins to tell me, no matter what the other person says, right? And that's another thing. The abuser puts fear in the victim's life. By that's another barrier. Again, the, the abuser puts fear in the victim's life and tells them, oh, if you tell anybody, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill your mom, I'm going to kill your dad, I'm going to kill this person, or, or they're not going to, or if you tell... I'm going to get in so much trouble. They play on the emotions of the victims. And that's the barrier that prevents sexual abuse from being reported in the household. And you're right, Kim. Let me know right then and there. I ask my children all the time. Has anybody ever touched you inappropriately? I want to know. But then too, I'm mindful with who I have around my children. You know, because like I say, it's not just the little girls that are being 
sexually abused, but it's the boys too. Look at the Catholic churches. Not just the Catholic churches, but hell, this happening in the Baptist churches. You got the pastors that are doing Bible study. Look at, look at, you know, I won't name the pastor's name in, in Georgia. That was molesting, he molested three boys and was giving them gifts and, you know, buying them jewelry and clothes and, you know, that's, that's, again, I just keep throwing out all these barriers, but that's another barrier when it comes to why we don't report these things. Maybe for financial gain. You have the abusers paying off the families. I'm buying you this. I'm buying you that. I'm taking you on a trip. I'm doing this. I'm doing that with you. That's another barrier that prevents sexual abuse from being reported. And then you got the system. The system's not giving a damn about these victims. They take them out of the household just to put them right the hell back in there. And then you wonder why you have all these children that have all these issues that turn the drugs to coke. They turn the alcohol to coke. They, they attempt suicide. They become depressed. All this plays a part in your mental health. So again, I can't stress it enough. These are conversations that, y'all, we have to continue having. Sit down with your children tonight. Sit down with your children tomorrow and you ask them, Start paying attention. You let them know. Create a safe environment for your child to be able to tell you if something's going on. And if they tell you something's going on, don't get angry at them. You get angry at the person that's violated your child. That's who you get angry at. That's what you do. Y'all, we, we, we just don't do it enough. We don't, we don't protect our, our, our children enough. We don't. We don't sit down and we don't have these conversations because we're trying to protect somebody. Stop trying to protect the victimizer and start protecting the victim. That's what we have to do. We have to start protecting our girls and our boys because we grow, these men and these, these, these boys and these girls grow up to be emotionally detached men and women. that inflict the pain on somebody else because they want them to hurt as much as they hurt. It's a cycle. It's a traumatic cycle that at some point, somebody's got to get off the ride and say, you know what? I got to heal. I got to heal. You know, I had a young lady tell me tonight, uh, the reason she didn't have children it's for fear of what happened to her she didn't want her children to go through. So sad. So sad. That that prevented her from having children. Because she didn't want what happened to her to happen to her children.
we as a community, y'all, we have to do better. We really have to do better. Stop keeping what goes on in your house in your house. Talk to somebody. Let somebody know. We got. We we have to shatter the silence when it comes to sexual abuse. We have to. Drop in the comments and y'all let me know. What are, what are, what are other ways that we could shatter the silence? There's only so much writing a person can do. There's only so much writing a person can do. Can we start by being a little more loving to the victim? Being more compassionate, showing empathy to the victim instead of victim shaming. Stop making these victims feel like it's their fault. It's not your fault. It's the sick, deranged person that violated you. It's their fault. So I want every little black girl, every little black boy, every black man, every black woman that suffers that has that is a victim of sexual abuse i want you to know it's not your fault it's not your fault and don't you allow anyone to tell you that it's your fault you're the victim you're the victim not the victimizer but you could go from being a victim to the survivor Share your story. Be the spokesperson for the person that's afraid to speak. No, I'm, I'm not a victim of sexual abuse, but my sister is. She's a survivor. Let me, let me correct this. She's a survivor now. She is. And she told me today, she said, you know, I, I used to want you to come sleep in the bed with me. It was almost like I was her protector. And I still am, even now. And she's older than me. I'm still her protector. My sister didn't deserve that. She didn't. My sister didn't deserve a lot of things. But I'm so proud of how far she's come. I'm very proud of her. And again, I thank her for the conversation for the night. And, you know, I'm glad that I, I, I've healed mentally and emotionally to be able to have this conversation with her. So, shout out. Shout out to you, sis. I love you. So we move on into healing from sexual abuse. How do we heal? How do you go forward? Is it easy for you to forgive your, your, your victimizer and go from tragedy to triumph? To go from victim to survivor? It's possible. But how do you do it? 
there. Talking about it. Grabbing that suitcase out your closet and opening it up. And one by one, take out that piece of pain. Take out that piece of pain. You hear? Don't let anyone tell you that it's too late to heal because it's never too late to heal. It's never too late. Again, go from tragedy to triumph. Go from victim to survivor. We have to start sitting down and having these conversations with our children, with our loved ones. We have to stop trying to plan these conversations. So I need to wait until, no. Have it right then. Have it right then and there. Again, we have to start showing compassion and empathy to the victims. If someone comes to you, be open. Receive them with, with love. Receive them with empathy. Receive them with care. Allow them to trust you, to be able to open up to you. Allow them to trust that you're not going to victim shame them. got to heal from sexual abuse. Talk to somebody. Tell somebody. I don't care if the, if the victimizer tells you they're going to slaughter your whole family. You go tell somebody. Provide those resources. If you can't talk to a friend, counselor, somebody. You know, and if you're a social worker, y'all need to start showing more empathy and more compassion to these sexual abuse victims. I understand your caseloads get heavy, but believe a child the first time or believe a, a person the first time they come and tell you they're being sexually abused. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives as the gateway to the future for every student. Literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. Don't tell them, oh, look at how you dress. Oh, well, look at how you carry yourself. I don't care. So sad. Absolutely sad. Absolutely devastating. So again, the Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Shadow the silence. I'll post in the comments the phone number. Matter of fact, let me go back to it. Because I had it pulled up just a second ago. Let me go back to it. So. Whew, let me go ahead and post the phone number. 
Here we go, here we go, here we go. One eight hundred. Oops. One eight hundred. Six five six. Forty six seventy three. That's the phone number. That's the National Sexual Assault Hotline. So if you feel like you can't talk to anybody else, call that phone number. You can remain anonymous. That's one good start to heal from sexual abuse. I don't care if it happened 30 years ago. I don't care if it happened two days ago. Reach out to somebody. And let's heal the black community from sexual abuse. Let's, let's stop. Like I say, I cannot stress this any longer or, or anymore. Talk about it. You tell somebody. Be mindful of who you have around your children. Pay attention to that once happy-go-lucky child that all of a sudden becomes withdrawn. Pay attention to the person that says, I don't want to go over to Mr. X's house. Or, Ooh, I don't want to, I don't want to play football anymore. Pay attention to that. Take heed into that. And to my victims, I love you. I really want to see you go from being a victim to a survivor. Don't be afraid to share your story. If you want to come on Black Girl Interrupted and share your story, let your girl know. Like I say, this is an open, judge-free platform that I've created with no judgment. And it's safe. Let me walk, let me walk you, let me walk through your journey with you. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. And I don't want you to ever feel like you're alone or you're by yourself. My inbox is always open. It's always open. If at any moment, let me go ahead and let me drop the email in the in the comments. You know, if, if you want to email me and you know you don't feel comfortable. Okay, there's the email. Shoot me an email. And we can talk about it. We can discuss it. Call me through Facebook. Call me through the messenger. But I want to help you hear from sexual abuse. Maybe I can put you in touch with my sister. And my sister can help you heal. She can, <coughs> excuse me, share points on how she was able to heal from sexual abuse. She can tell you about what she went through. But that's absolutely what we have to do. You know, healing from sexual abuse, I, I want people to know it's not an overnight process. You're not going to go to sleep today and wake up tomorrow and just miraculously be healed. No. It's a process. You have a lot of steps to go through. You just have to be patient and you have to put in the work to know that it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You're not dirty. You know, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You're not responsible for the victimizer's actions, for the abuser's actions. You're not responsible. Kim says anything that is forced is sexual abuse. 
If they don't understand, know you tell somebody. Utilize your voice. Let your voice be heard. Be that advocate for somebody that's afraid. Be that voice. Again, show compassion, show empathy. We need all of that. Love. Again, I don't want y'all victim shaming nobody. And going back to the black men who are often the forgotten survivors of sexual abuse, it goes for you. You pay attention to the warning signs. Let's break those barriers down that prevent us from reporting sexual abuse. I don't care what happens in your house, these in your house. If you're being abused, you tell somebody. Don't wait. You tell somebody right then. You tell that person, this is not right what you're doing to me. Of course, the, the victimizer is going to always play on your emotions. They're going to play on your feelings and say, oh, well, if you're telling me, I'm going to go to jail. And you don't want me to go to jail, do you? Start telling them, hell yeah, I want you to go to jail. But we have to. So as I roll into my final thoughts, y'all drop in, in the comments about tonight's episode, sexual abuse. How could you violate me? That was tonight's conversation was about sexual abuse. How common it is. How often it happens. It happens every day. Little black girls and little black boys are being touched on right now as we speak. And you have family members that when you try to tell them, they tell you you're lying. That goes into the barrier of why we're not able to report. Again, I posted the phone number in the comments. 1-800-656-4673. That's the sexual assault hotline. So if you don't feel safe talking to me, if you don't have anybody else out there that you can talk to, call that phone number. And they'll point you in the right direction of all the necessary resources that you need. I'm going to post this picture one more time. Let me remove this out the way. Sexual abuse is an issue the black community is reluctant to deal with. Sylvia Coleman, who is the founder of the Black Sexual Abuse Survivors. It's a national online support system. So let me go ahead and let me post that for y'all. So again, if you don't feel comfortable talking to me, go online. Online. Oh, this is just, you know, so heavy. There you go. The black, the black sexual abuse survivors. Again, that's a national online support system. So if at any time you feel like you can't talk to me or you can't talk to anybody else, tap in with them. And they'll absolutely point you in the right direction of where you need to go. Whew. 
as always, y'all, y'all know tonight is, y'all know anything I talk about is always heavy. And everything I talk about, I, I, I bring to the forefront simply because these are much needed conversations. These are topics that we have to sit down and we have to discuss as a black community. Mental health is absolutely something we have to keep on the forefront. So I'm rolling into the final thoughts for tonight. Mental health is absolutely at an all-time high right now. Mental illness, especially in the black community. We have so many things that are going on. You know, we have these police that are slaughtering our black men at, at alarming rates. We're in this pandemic. You have people that are battling unemployment. That's enough to send your anxiety through the roof. You have a child right now that's being sexually abused in the home. You have a child right now that's being physically abused in the home. You have a person right now that's struggling with substance abuse. You have a person right now that's dealing with post-traumatic stress syndrome or postpartum depression. The list goes on. You got a person that's dealing with bipolar disorder, but yet there's no resources out here for the black community. You don't find that odd? find it very sad that there's no resources out here for us black people, for the black community. Let me say that. It is pitiful. You know, getting up every day and you don't know if you're going to have a job. Or getting up every day and you see another, another child murdered, another black child murdered at the hands of the police. Going to sleep, not knowing if your victimizer is going to creep in and get in your bed tonight. And we just turning a blind eye to that. All of this collectively affects your mental health. All of it does. So what can we do as a community? I'm doing my part. What, is, what are you going to do? Again, tonight's episode was about sexual abuse. And I wasn't just talking to the women, but I was talking to the men too. Because I, as I stated before, men, you black men, y'all are the forgotten survivors. Notice I didn't call you victims. I called you survivors. Because you made it through. You, you, you spoke out, you shared your story. You became the voice for someone that's afraid to speak. Maybe tonight's show, maybe tonight's episode will open the door for somebody that's been sitting on this. Whether they've been sitting on it for one week, one year, 20 years, 20, you know, two months. Maybe this is the healing that a person needed. Maybe the person feels comfortable now and say, hey, man, she's created a, a platform for me to share my story, for me to unpack my suitcase that I've been lugging around like a security blanket 
all my life. It's, it's a weight. Maybe they're ready to let that weight. Maybe that's what they're ready to do. But that's the whole premise of Black Women Interrupted, y'all, is, is these are my stories. These are my experiences that I get on here and I, I love to share with each and every person that tunes in with me every week and shows me continuous love. I want to be your voice. I want to be the person that says, come on, I got you. Let's do this together. Let's walk down this road together. Let's unpack that suitcase together. Let's separate these dirty clothes from these clean clothes together. That's what I want to be. Be your friend, your confidant, anything. So to my sexual abuse survivors, I no longer want to utilize, use the word victims because y'all are survivors. Especially if you're taking the first step to talk about it. You're a survivor. I do want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that it's not your fault. You're not dirty. You didn't do anything to deserve this. I want us to stop victim shaming. And let's start showing a little more empathy, a little more compassion to the victims who are now survivors. Believe them when they tell you. Yeah, we know it's, it's, it's people out here that have, you know, lied and said that they were abused and they really truly weren't. I've seen it. I, I, I watched the show, Ilyana Van Zandt. And she had a mother and three daughters on there. And the daughter and the mother lied to the children, telling the children that the father had molested them and the father didn't. So this strained the relationship that they had with their father. And the mother never apologized. Well, she did, but it, it wasn't sincere. Be mindful with who you bring around your children. Pay attention to those warning signs. Again, when your child is becomes withdrawn, when your child starts to battle with their sexual identity, when they start to dress differently, when they get angry, upset, and say, I, I don't want to go over there, or, uh, pay attention to that. Open up the dialogue with your child. Let your child know if somebody's doing something to you, you can tell mom, you can tell dad, and I'm not going to get upset. With you, I'm not going to get upset. That's healing. Those are the things that we have to start doing now. We have to start protecting our loved ones. We absolutely have to. Y'all pay attention, y'all watch, y'all watch, y'all watch. Whew. Tonight's show was a little heavy. It was a little heavy for me tonight, but as always, y'all know your girl always pushes through. And I did it, y'all, without getting too emotional tonight. 
I did. So, y'all already know, I am live every Tuesday, every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Y'all already know where to find me. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And I am available on all the streaming platforms. I did just get added to Deezer and another podcast something. Um, and then I'm also streaming in India as well. So shout out to your girl. My girl interrupted is trying to go international, y'all. I'm trying to take it to the next level. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Trying to elevate to the next level, you know. So I changed. So the episode I was supposed to have done Tuesday, you guys, was on substance abuse. So I have moved that to Saturday. Um. Oh, yeah. Brandon, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> you already know I can't end the show without that. <laughs> so um, I did move my substance abuse episode to Saturday. Um, probably going to do that about 4 o'clock. So we can go... Um, up with that, we're going to definitely talk about substance abuse. Um, I think I have a, a guest that's going to come on the show and, and discuss substance abuse and some of the resources. But that will be Saturday at 4 o'clock. I will update and I will continue to share. Um, and then this coming Tuesday um, at 8 o'clock, we will talk about suicide. So, yeah, we will end the month. Uh, with suicide and we will do our mental health check-in and i also uh, update you guys on all the new episodes for the month of may so i'm really looking forward to that um at your request mr brandon i got you love let me go let me let, let me go ahead and let me throw this picture back up for the world to see there it is. That's it. Well, I'll be damn look. <laughs> That's that. Oh my God. I can't believe that you, that you didn't found me guilty. And then, you know, there's that. Get your ass out of here. Come on. You got to go with us. You got to get the hell out of here. But I definitely got to go back to this picture though, right here. We again, y'all. I love this picture. It will, I think it needs to be put in history books. I don't know how anybody else feels about it, but I believe that this picture needs to be put in the history books. I think that we need to talk about this for, for years to come because we absolutely had to get justice for this young, for this man here. So shout out to the Floyd family. Gianna, you were absolutely right, honey. Your daddy did make a change. He changed the world. But again, y'all, we cannot get too overly excited because we've got one down. We got his three co-conspirators to go. But I, I, I'm very hopeful and very prayerful when it comes to that. I really believe that they will be found guilty. Um, I do completely believe justice will be served um, for the Floyd family. Um, and also to Officer Potter, you up next, heifer. That's the police officer that mistook her gun for a taser 
and murdered 20-year-old Dante Wright. Again, continuous prayers to the Micaiah Bryant family, to the Adam Toledo family. Ahmaud Arbery, we are still praying and hoping to get justice. And we're going to have Merman and Squidward on trial too. Uh, all of them. You know, the whole pineapple bottom, whatever, you know. Uh, but yes, so let me just throw this picture up one more, one more game. <laughs> I'd be damn look like did these more folks just really find me guilty that's the face i really believe that i need to make this my profile picture on facebook other than the one of me standing in front of the police saying fuck the police so i really think that that one needs to be uh my profile picture i i really believe that that's what i need to do brandon this is for you this is absolutely for you. But I do want to leave on, on this note. Um, I, I shared, I showed this post the other day, but I want to put it back up here one more time. Um, this was right before the verdict. Um, and it says, I want to say this before the verdict comes out. It's not justice if Chauvin is convicted. That's a murderer facing just consequences. The real justice is addressing the system that allowed this to happen at all. And we're not close to that. So I definitely want to leave you guys with that. You know. Um, again, tune in with your girl every Tuesday, every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time. Again, you guys can follow me on Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to me on YouTube. Um, I am, again, available on all the streaming platforms. Just type in Black Girl Interrupted and you will see it pop up. Um, again, I want to continue to, oh, Brandon, you're welcome, boo. You're welcome, babe. Yeah, 20 years old, and he did have his whole life ahead of him. Absolutely. Um, so I do want to say thank you, guys. I love you so much. Thank you for tuning in with me tonight. Again, I will see you guys Saturday about 4 o'clock. Like I said, we're going to touch on substance abuse and then tuesday night we'll roll into suicide and then next thursday we will end the month um with our mental health check-in and just a recap of everything we discussed for the month of april and what to look forward to in the month of may so love you guys everyone have a good night and i will see y'all saturday love you Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on must-haves to make spring your season. Like twirl-worthy dresses for $79.99 and under. 50 to 65% off effortlessly cool suits from Tommy Hilfiger and more. And 65% off Charter Club damask sheets and bedding. And get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy.